The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's Sunday, May 7th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily for Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine, here with your weekend story. On today's show, we're digging into the non-Bitcoin factors impacting Bitcoin's future. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Today's featured story is an opinion piece from Noel Acheson, the former head of research at Coindesk and Genesis Trading, and the author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter. Our piece today is entitled Crypto's Macro Drivers. It's not just about Bitcoin. This week, to no one's great surprise, we saw another 25 basis point or one quarter of one percentage point rate hike in the federal funds rate. The raise itself is not that significant, essentially background noise, if you will. We're all used to this by now. But what is noteworthy about this one is that there's a strong likelihood that it will be the last. And that is a very big deal for the whole crypto market, and not just for Bitcoin. Last week, preliminary U.S. GDP came in at 1.1% quarter-on-quarter growth, much lower than the expected 2%, and lower still than the fourth quarter's downwardly revised 2.6%. The bulk of the disappointment was due to weak inventory build, with defense and consumer spending accounting for most of what little growth there was. Adjusted for inflation, consumer spending jumped 3.7% in the first quarter, much higher than the previous quarter's just 1% increase. Bear in mind that this increase is after one of the steepest rate hike campaigns ever. This is, unfortunately, reflected in inflation data. The Federal Reserve's Preferred Inflation Index of Personal Consumption Expenditure, also known as the PCE, which excludes food and energy, known as core PCE, saw a first quarter increase of 4.9%, more than the consensus estimate of 4.7%, and then the fourth quarter's 4.4%. The more granular core PCE reading for March, released last Friday, did not show a startling increase, but nor did it decline, coming in at a steady 0.3, or 4.6% on a year-over-year basis. Again, this is frustrating resilience after almost 5 percentage points of interest rate hikes in 12 months. So, because higher interest rates do not seem to be working, does that mean that the Fed will need to raise them even more? Not necessarily. As the U.S. Central Bank has often reminded us, the data moves with long and variable lags, with no guidance as to what long actually means here. There are signs that the acceleration in core prices seen in the first quarter is trailing off. And in addition to the March figure, we have the Cleveland Fed's Inflation Nowcast, which models April core PCE steady at just over 4.6%. This could encourage the Fed to choose to wait and see if more impact starts to show up, which it is likely to do. But for now, this likelihood is not obvious. Last Friday, we saw the Employment Cost Index for the first quarter come in at a slight increase of 1.2% quarter-over-quarter, 
This is the Fed's preferred employment cost gauge because it takes benefits as well as wages into account and therefore isn't distorted by employment shifts among occupations or industries. The uptick there, though, was only one-tenth of one percentage point, and that it was there at all is concerning, while the year-on-year increase was 4.8%, well above the targeted inflation rate of 2%, and that 2% is targeted at the broader part of the index, which is currently still above 6 But there are signs that the employment market is cooling, even by official statistics. This week's U.S. continuing jobless claims held on to the increase that we saw at the beginning of April, with the most recent four readings up more than 6% from the preceding four. The wave of layoffs depressing our headlines suggests that figures are likely to keep heading up. Furthermore, one thing that jumps out when looking at the charts of the unemployment rate over time is that when it starts to move up, it does so suddenly and quickly. The tightening credit outlook could further constrain economic growth as companies struggle to refinance, leading to even more layoffs, and the impact on demand will exacerbate that painful momentum. Aware of these trends, I believe it's likely that the Fed will pause rate hikes at the June Federal Open Market Committee meeting, and then hold steady for some time as higher rates start to do their damage. We shouldn't forget that the reported economic data is backward-looking. The U.S. Conference Board's leading economic index dropped by 1.2% in March, more than double February's decline. This downward trend should continue as the consequences of tighter bank credit roll through the economy, punctuated by damage done to balance sheets from falling collateral values. In other words, dark clouds are gathering. If the Fed does pause in June, this would be good for Bitcoin, as it implies an easing of financial conditions. While the rates themselves may not change, expectations of cuts on the rapidly approaching horizon should be enough to move the liquidity needle. With the exception of the 1960s, an extended pause after a series of hikes has always been followed by cuts. And what's more, Financial conditions are not just defined by the rate of federal funds. They're also influenced by bank profits and policies, the level of the dollar, fiscal policy, and the credit outlook around the world, among many other factors. And indeed, while the Chicago Fed's National Financial Conditions Index, which looks at U.S. capital markets as well as shadow banking, shows a tighter environment than a couple of years ago, it is headed down, which means more market liquidity. And this matters for Bitcoin, because it's one of the most sensitive assets to changes in overall liquidity. You've no doubt often heard that risk assets benefit from looser monetary policy conditions. Well, Bitcoin is the ultimate risk asset in that respect. First off, it's long duration, which means that its implied value is entirely derived from its eventual price. In other words, it's a more pure asset with no dividends or coupon payments. Secondly, it has no earnings or credit rating vulnerability. And third, it's untethered to the real economy, except through the impact of liquidity flows. We can expect Bitcoin to continue to act as a liquidity barometer, as it did back in January and again in March. Once the Fed's interest rate policy settles down into a wait-and-see mode, and liquidity is likely to head up once peak rates are in, and as the looming recession becomes increasingly obvious. While Bitcoin is the most macro of all crypto assets, the macro environment also influences other crypto assets, although in different ways. Bitcoin is still the anchor asset for the crypto market broadly, with an increasing dominance, or percentage of total market cap, and a high correlation with other tokens. In other words, what happens to Bitcoin affects sentiment throughout the entire market cap table. It does so through increased attention to the entire ecosystem, which encourages new businesses as well as their funding. A rising Bitcoin price justifies investment in market infrastructure and crypto asset services, which in turn supports access to and liquidity of other assets. Where Bitcoin goes, in other words, the market tends to follow. And what's more, once funds are comfortable with an allocation to BTC, many will look for even higher return opportunities, which means heading out on the risk curve. This tends to be encouraged by easing financial conditions, with potential gains more than compensating for the cost of leverage. There's also the special case of Ether, which is more directly impacted by macro yields. Currently, staking on the Ethereum network earns approximately 5% in rewards, not taking into account any price appreciation of the token itself. 
This is less attractive to macro investors when U.S. government bonds offer similar yields with no risk, but as these come down, the equation changes. And what's more, Ether's relatively stable yield comes with the potential of upside. Now that staking is flexible after the most recent upgrade, macro investors are more likely to consider Ether in relation to other steady income opportunities, especially if it's seen as a window into greater ecosystem participation. While the macroeconomic outlook and probable path of monetary policy is at one of the most uncertain moments in recent history, a step back to look at the entire investment landscape can reveal pockets of opportunity, as well as highlight narratives that did not exist the last time the global economy found itself in a similar position. For the first time, we have assets that do not depend on considerations from the traditional economy for their operation, and that embody a range of emerging use cases that, in turn, lend resilience to investment theses. All economic cycles have certain patterns that tend to repeat. That's one of the reasons they're called cycles. And crypto markets have cycles too. Only these in the past have been driven mainly by crypto-specific factors, but not anymore. Now the crypto market has multiple drivers, making the narratives more complex while opening up the market to new investing cohorts. This should not only continue to close the gaps between the crypto and macro landscapes, it should also shine even more attention on crypto assets' unique characteristics. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send the show an email at podcast at coindesk.com or you can email me directly at adamlevine at coindesk.com. If you like what we're doing, we always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform. This episode was produced by Adrian Blust and myself with further support from the podcast team over at coindesk.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Markets Daily. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.